Oh boy, this is fun. <laughs> I have been looking forward to this. I was so looking forward to it last week and then had it yanked away. And so thank you, everybody who's able to be here in person. Bless you. It's so good to see you. Everybody who's uh, with us online, you, you do what you need to do to be safe. Uh, but this is fun. I got to tell you, this is so nice to see people. Uh, actual human contact. Um, David Hartman counts as two people uh, because he brought his beard with him. And uh, uh, I, just, I just saw that. I didn't know what I was looking at for a minute there, Dave, but uh, very impressive. Anyway, so glad to have you guys here with us. So good to be meeting together uh, with God's people, uh, those who are able to be here. Uh, this is just great. I, I love hearing Jeremy talk. I loved hearing Jeremy talk when it was online. Uh, that I always get fed. It was really fun to hear Jeremy talk in person this morning. I got to say that was that was a blessing. And um, I realized when we lifted, especially when we lifted that cup to our lips this morning second part of our communion, that Christians have been gathering together in little groups and big groups for almost 2,000 years to do that. <laughs> I mean, this is a chain that goes back to Jesus, and, and we've been doing that for all this time, that you and I, every, every week, when we take that bread and drink that cup, we are linking ourselves to the people of God of all time, in every place. That just gives me chills. That just almost brings tears to my eyes to know that we are part of that grand movement. And whether we're here in the flesh or whether we're there online, we are part of this, of this thing that God has done through his mighty son, Jesus Christ, to, to buy for God a people from every tribe and language and tongue and to bring them together, wash them in the blood of Jesus, and to make us his people. That's amazing. That's amazing. This morning, we are starting a new series taken from the book of Colossians. And those uh, readings that we had this morning will be your clue as to where we'll be today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Colossians, the first chapter, and we'll be looking at these opening words uh, that Paul presents to this little church in the city of Colossae. You know, we normally think of knowledge as ours. Oh, I just read, I, just, I learned that I, I was listening to the news and I heard such and such. You know, I used to think this, but I've, I've been doing some research and I've changed my mind. What's common to all of those phrases? I, 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 right? I'm front and center with my knowledge. I do think of it as mine. And I'm kind of the one in control. And if I work hard, I can make it bigger. And if I slack off, it'll get smaller and I'll get dumber. You know, that kind of thing. Paul has an interesting take. And you're going to actually see it him cycle around to it several times in the book of Colossians. 
he says, there is this kind of knowledge. It's different than ordinary knowledge. That it kind of, you, you get it, but it gets you. Maybe even more than you get it, it gets you. And that's this knowledge of the good news of Jesus Christ. That the gospel of Jesus Christ is the kind of thing that grabs you and starts to change who and even what you are and to begin to manifest itself in all kinds of ways in your life. So we're going to look at how he sets that up in this opening part of the book of Colossians this morning, and then for the next several weeks, you and I will kind of go through a journey uh, through this book of Colossians and see how Paul develops that theme and several other themes to help us understand what it is that we believe. When did you trust yourself to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Let Jesus Christ save you. Let him wash you in his blood, bury you in baptism, raise you up and say, yep, I'm all in for Jesus Christ. When did that happen for you? Think about that. For some of you, it was a long time ago. For some, it's very, very recent. But at some point, there came that moment when you crossed over from what you were before to what the gospel of Christ changes you into. And Paul opens his book by getting us to think about that. That time when we first heard this truth, this gospel of Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, before I read the first few verses, I want you to skip down to actually verse 6. And the translation I have kind of breaks verse 6 in the middle. And it's convenient because there's actually a separate thought there. Colossians chapter 1, verse 6, in the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who's a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Paul has never been to this church. This is one of those uh, churches that he's not the spiritual father of, He's the spiritual grandfather of this church. He, he ministered in a city uh, several miles away from Colossae. He ministered in the mega city of Ephesus at the time. It was one of the third or fourth largest city in the Mediterranean world. He ministered there for a long time and got uh, several good congregations going there. They spawned other congregations out into the suburbs. And Epaphras takes the message that he heard there and takes it to his town of Colossae. And that's how the gospel comes there. Paul's never been to this city. He's never met these people directly, but he's heard about them. He's heard good things about them. And he wants them to be thinking for a minute about the day they first heard the gospel. 
says all around the world, this gospel's doing things. It's changing people's lives. People are, are turning away from idolatry. They're turning away from anger and rage and lust and crime. And they are turning to Jesus Christ. The gospel is doing that in all kinds of places. And it did it for you. Remember that day, he says? Remember that? It's been bearing fruit in you. Paul says the gospel is this knowledge that when you get it, it gets you. And it starts to go to work on you. The gospel has, from the first day you knew it, heard it, and trusted it, it has been working to bear fruit in you, Paul says. And we can gain strength by noticing the ways in which the gospel bears fruit in us. Uh, you don't have to turn to this passage, but this, this part of Colossians always makes me think of the first part of John chapter 15, the gospel of John chapter 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the, the vine dresser or the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he cleans or prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Paul says this word of the gospel, he's a minister of the gospel. He's seen this happen in city after city and in life after life. People hear this word and it grabs them and it changes them. He's seen that start to happen. And he says, this gospel is not like normal knowledge. It bears fruit in people's lives. If they, if, they will, if they will yield themselves to it, it begins to make them into different people. And then in the rest of this part of Colossians, he, he begins to talk about what that's like. And as I said, he kind of lays out some things that he's going to then circle back to several other times in this letter of his. So go back up to the start of the letter. If you're with me in the text, go back up to verse 1 of Colossians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all of God's people the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you've already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. Anytime you hear faith, hope, and love joined together, you should be paying attention. For Paul, those are, those are kind of the three pillars on which Christian faithfulness, Christian life is built. And he says, we've heard from Epaphras and others that you are living this life of faithfulness to Christ, faith or faithfulness to Christ, and love for the brothers and sisters. And we give thanks for that. He says, your faithfulness in Christ and your love for the brothers and sisters, both of those things spring from your hope that is already, you know, prepared for you in heaven. It's already up there where God is. Heaven is in Paul's thought, heaven is not so much a place, it's just where God is. 
And your blessings, your honor, the glory that one day is going to be manifest in you, it's already set in stone where God is. It's waiting to be deposited on you. He said, you already have that hope. And because of that hope, that helps you to be faithful right here, right now to Jesus Christ. Faith is not, in Paul, faith is not so much believing all the right doctrines. You know, even demons can believe some of the right doctrines. In Paul and other parts of the New Testament, faith is faithfulness. That is, hanging on to Jesus Christ in good times and in bad. Sometimes your relationship to Jesus Christ is going really well. And it's not hard to hold on to him. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you may be in rebellion against him, or there may be difficulties in your relationship to him, or he may seem distant to you. Faithfulness means hanging on to him. Sometimes the world may not give you much static for being a Christian. Other times the world's going to make it really hard on you to be a Christian. Faithfulness means in good times and bad, you stay steady in your devotion to Jesus Christ. And Paul says that springs from the fact that you know what Jesus has already done for you, where God is in heaven. Love for your brothers and sisters springs from the same thing, that you know you and the brothers and sisters in the church that you love, you all have this hope that you share. Now, when you read that, you might just say, well, okay, Paul, I think I get what you're saying. I have to try to make myself love my brothers and sisters or else God won't let me into heaven. You know, if that's all you get out of the verse, I'll take it because I want you to love your brothers and sisters. But I think for Paul, there's more going on. I think, and, and as I've gotten older, I've, I've been in the churches a long, long time. I think there is a second level to what's going on here. Sure, we need to work to love each other. It's not easy sometimes to love each other and it requires an act of our will. But there's also a help that comes in from, I don't know, God's Holy Spirit or whatever. When I see you, some part of my heart or brain or spirit or whatever sees that you and I are going to the same place. Some part of my heart or brain or, or, or spirit rejoices that you're saved the same way I'm saved. That you've trusted in Jesus Christ the same way I've trusted in Jesus Christ. Some part of that makes me love you in a way, I'm hoping I'm learning to love everybody. Jesus wants me to learn to love everybody. But I love you in a different way. Because you and I are going to the same place. You and I are going to receive the same salvation from God. It says, we have heard about your love for the brothers and sisters. We have heard about your faith in Jesus Christ or your faithfulness in Jesus Christ, and we rejoice in that. All right, one of the ways that the gospel builds us up 
is in our faithfulness and our love. Since the day you first heard and trusted it, the gospel has been building into you faithfulness to Christ and love for God's people. Look down in verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Paul says, you're in my prayers. I've never met you. But I've been praying for you, and Timothy has too. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance, and patience. Paul says, I've been thinking about you. I've been praying about you. Timothy has as well. Others of us as well, I'm sure he means too. And he says, but here's what I want. I want you to know things. I want you to be built up in this knowledge that I'm talking about. You be store that word away, knowledge, because that's going to come back around. But Paul says this knowledge is not like the world's knowledge. It's, it really functions differently. As a lifelong, I'm just going to confess it, nerd, that's me, you know, I always liked books more than sports. As a lifelong nerd, it would just be fantastic if there was a book I could read that would make me stronger. You know, a book I could read that would just bulk me up, get me swollen. I would, that would be cool because I'm good at reading books. Paul's not talking about that, but he does say something that is similar here. He says, the knowledge of Jesus Christ is not so much this head knowledge that we're used to. It's this other thing. And we're praying that this other kind of knowledge really be allowed to seize hold of you. Because this other kind of knowledge, this knowledge of just how amazing Jesus Christ is, just how incredible the salvation of Jesus Christ is, just how far-reaching it is, just how transformative it can be in your life, that that knowledge will take hold of you because if it does, it will make you stronger. That's what he says. Growing in the knowledge of God, the end of verse 10, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you can have great endurance and patience. It was not easy to be a Christian in Colossae. There were a lot of things against this church. It was a tiny little minority and it had both Jewish and pagans putting pressure on it from in various directions. It was not easy to be faithful and enduring in the faith of Jesus Christ. And Paul says, but the more you know this stuff, the more it will change who you are and make you strong. Since the day you first heard and trusted it, the gospel has been teaching you what you need to know to be stronger and better. 
as a servant of Jesus Christ. The gospel does that for the Colossians. The gospel does that for you. As you study the gospel of Jesus Christ, as you take it into your heart, you will find yourself better able to do what God asks you to do. Better able to withstand the temptations that Satan throws your way. Better able to withstand the pressure of the world that says, give all that righteousness up and come back and join us down here in the mud. That's what the gospel is trying to do in you, to bear fruit in you. And the more you learn the gospel, yield to the gospel, the more it will have that change happen in you. Look down at verse 12. Paul continues his thought. He says, in giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Paul uses a phrase there, and there are going to be echoes of that phrase in the rest of the book, the dominion of darkness, the powers, the authorities, the dominion of darkness. I don't know how many of you have been in prison. I've never been incarcerated, but I've been to many prisons to do ministry and to do education and things like that. And you know, you go into a prison and there are bars and there are guards and there are cameras and there are all kinds of things. And they're very visible. If a person is in prison, they know exactly what the barriers are keeping them there. But that's not the worst prison. The worst prison is the prison that you get tricked into building yourself. The worst prison is the prison that you get tricked into building the walls yourself. You get tricked into forging the chains yourself. You get tricked into becoming the guard for the other people that are in there with you. You yourself become the guard and the prisoner both. That's the worst prisoner. That's the worst prison to be in. And that's the dominion of darkness that Paul's talking about. Because the system of sin, and there are many kinds of ways to be in this prison. You know, all of us can examine our own lives and find out what sin it is that tried to captivate us and still tries to get us. Lust, greed, rage, resentment, envy. The dominion of darkness is the place where we ourselves build those habits that keep us in chain to those sins that are killing us. And the darkness keeps our mind clouded so we don't know that that's what we're doing. And and if by chance we or someone close to us tries to climb out of the pit of this prison of sin, we are inclined to the extent that we're in the, this dark place to pull them back, 
to join us once again where we are in the prison. The dominion of darkness. Paul knows what that's like. And you and I know what that's like. And he says, so... He's, he's still continuing what he's thankful for about what he's heard about the Colossians. He says, I've heard that you are thankful to God for his rescue of you from the dominion of darkness. Since the day you first heard and trusted it, the gospel has been helping you be more thankful to God for your salvation. You're trapped in this dark prison, the dominion, the rule the control of darkness. And you were never going to get out. You were never going to escape. There was no way, even when you die, in a regular prison, at least if you die, you're out of the prison. But in this prison, even when you die, you dress, just transition into more of the prison. Jesus Christ came and he kicked open the prison doors and he took you by the hand and he pulled you out of that cell that you built yourself and he broke off those chains that you forged yourself and he says, I want you to be free. But he didn't stop there. He brought you out into the world of light, out of the darkness and he said, your debts are all paid off. And he didn't stop there. You're free. You're out of debt. I want to bring you to meet my father. And he brought you to meet his father. Took you home with him. And when you got to Jesus' father's house, the father said, because my son has brought you to me, I now adopt you into our family. You are my child now, no longer part of what you were before. And then your eyes got big because God, this is, this is actually what the language of Paul says, inheritance, God took out his will and altered it in front of you to write you in. You are now an heir along with the rest of God's people of God's riches and God's kingdom. That's what happened to you on the day you heard and trusted yourself to the gospel. That's why you give thanks. That's why this gospel can give you strength. That's why this gospel can empower you and change you. That's why this gospel can make you go forth from this place and whatever the world says to you and whatever the world does to you, whatever hardship it tries to throw at you to discourage you and break your spirit, you can triumph because Jesus Christ's gospel has set you 
free. If you need to respond in any way to that gospel of Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to do what you need to do. It may be that you just do it right where you are. It may be that you want to come forward and tell us what, what's changing in you. Let us pray for you and help you. It may be that today is the day that you want to put Jesus Christ on and actually trust yourself to his gospel, to have yourself baptized, washed in his blood, to begin this new walk. If any of those things apply to you, please respond as you need to as we stand and are led in song.